Welcome to Let's Talk, your one-stop pod for all things pop culture. Uh, we're back again. Thanks for joining us. We're going to be talking about Umbrella Academy uh, this episode. A recent sort of Netflix smash hit based on a comic written by, of all people, Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance. It's been... Yeah, it's quite, a, quite an interesting one, isn't it, to be honest? Yeah, because I, I heard about it years ago when it first came out because lots of musicians like dabbling comics and things like that but for for this to actually have got picked up and and have been like properly syndicated was was quite a big deal but be, before we before we go into that we wanted to do a little bit of a trailer catch up because there's been a couple of really big trailers that have dropped lately um, not even introduced me man that's that's how much this means <laughs> Do, do we need to? I mean, do we need to differentiate between the two of us? No, we have enough differentials, I guess. Um, you're just going straight, straight for, straight for it today. We're just going Let's straight for the balls today. Running, running and gunning it. Um, yeah, go for your life. There's, there's been a lot actually, but we'll talk about probably the two major ones. I'd yeah, say. the 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 two major ones. Obviously, we'll start with the most recent first, being the the second trailer for Avengers Endgame, which landed today this afternoon at some point so yeah. I've, I've absorbed it i think eight times now i'm probably not quite that many maybe five but um enough enough to kind of well the thing is i'm surprised by a couple of things because we've both watched cups of marvel we are going to review cups of marvel next week hopefully yep. um after a second viewing which would be good to get a second viewing actually because i think a lot of people, and and we both enjoyed it, but I think, and I really enjoyed it, but I think it smooths out any any kind of Marvel film. I think you need a second viewing because one, the first one, you just kind of it's it's impulse. all hype, isn't it? You don't really it's all pay, hype. It's you all don't pay attention. You, there's a couple of moments where you kind of fist, you know, fist in the air, and there's a couple of moments. I was going to say, be careful what you're saying. I don't want anyone to know about what I was fisting <laughs> while I was watching this. I mean, it is Captain Marvel. This is very um, true. But for me, the, the biggest surprise in this trailer today is that we we got Captain Marvel in quite a significant enough scene with with Thor and in the Avengers facility because the uh, post credit and we we are going to give a spoiler warning, but again, it's not that big a spoiler warning. But the the mid credit sequence in in Captain Marvel was her arriving at the Avengers facility and asking where Fury was. Um, I I was quite surprised that she was in this one, but they've obviously timed this to perfection. I mean, well, they, I mean, Captain it, Marvel's what hit five hundred million dollars worldwide in a, in a, in like days. It, it's, it's, it's opening insane. weekend was something like four hundred and thirty three million. It's second only to Infinity War, and that's because I'm Infinity assuming War that dropped across in the world. as well this weekend, like full release across the board. It must have done to get that kind of. I'm I'm not sure. But yeah, the, the, but you, the way, you know, the way they've done it. a nearly global release, at least, anyway, to get that kind of money. So they've just decided, screw it, we'll drop this, and we're only six weeks from Endgame, so we'll just build the hype on the back of Captain Marvel, I guess. So Yeah. Not that it needs to build much hype, let's be honest. It's already off the charts, but this trailer 
had a bit of everything really it did. It, I I wasn't expecting to see Captain Marvel in it. I thought she might have been in the last one, which is probably going to be next month, you know, or maybe even in I a few th- weeks. I think you'll see something drop when they put tickets on sale, which is about three weeks before, usually. And, and you know what's coming out in three weeks, don't you? Shazam. Shazam. A lot of people have said that because there's only, like, you know, a couple of months to the film realistically they've got to drop it soon and a perfect time to drop it is just as dc is starting to get some some more traction on a film but we yeah. also got the the confirmation of those quantum suits didn't we those white body suits yeah. that they're all wearing i mean we knew about them from the toys for about six months and but... anyone that knows me knows that i like lego and lego have already pretty much spoiled that element of it if you if you call it a spoiler it's not a big deal to me it's um, not really because it, it's it, not it's a plot a... point because you don't know what no. it is i mean it, it well i mean everyone would assume it's a quantum realm so let's be honest yeah but for all we know it could be some kind of augmented suit that bumps up their strength or whatever you, you know you assume to assume is one thing but for yeah. them to come out and actually say oh it's oh, this, they've it's not that. gone it's a quantum realm suit we're going to go time traveling have they let's yeah. be honest so i mean that's the assumption let's be honest um at this stage that we i mean you know we'll probably do let's do a full preview when we can get into the ins and outs of what your famous few predictions are about this film um at some stage, but yeah, it, you know, everyone assumes it's a quantum realm suit. They're going to be doing some form of of time travel. There's a couple of lines in there from Peggy that kind of indicate that. Yeah, um, the, the, the way about... the way this has been layered up, yeah, is very very clever. Look, picking out some key mo- moments and some key people from from the past, and and the big one being Peggy, and and you can tell from the the way she's speaking, it's old Peggy as well. Because yes, of course, it's, Steve, it's, it's Steve only reconnected yeah. with with Peggy when she was a pensioner. You know, she's a grandma or a great grandma, and yeah. that was the only real relationship they had, other than before he went in the ice. And then I, you, I think you, you, know you had the other the good bits. Elements of it, yeah. You had the other good bit. Uh, another really good bit that I liked was seeing uh, Clint training his daughter. And I don't know whether that's just oh look, he's playing with his kids, or if that's the actual foreshadowing of well, she might become Hawkeye in the future. You never know. I think it's more, here he is, he's all happy on his farm. Oh, shit, both his kids and his wife have disappeared. He's lost his mind. I think that's where we're going to go with that. I think becoming, he's going to go full Ronin, isn't he? Yeah, which I can't wait for because it looks like he goes really off the deep end. Well, we see him with his bow and arrow. We see him with his kind of katanery type uh, samurai sword. I don't know, It's, it's not your regular sword, but... That great scene in one of the earlier trailers where it dropped and it looked a bit like Blade Runner, you know, the sci-fi kind of Tokyo setting, you know, yeah. the neon and the dark lit street. Looks like he's that gone was... off to, like, batter a load of Yakuza yeah, or something, Yeah, and I think we it? saw in, in this that there was elements of that where he's, it, there was a couple of kind of tunnel sequences as an explosion. That's probably all the, the time when they basically track him down, you know, and Black Widow goes searching for him. So I think a lot of the, the elements of this, the bits we see around the Avengers facility um, with Captain Marvel is, is early because um, you've got that, you know, Black Widow's hair is still that short, blonde kind of bob. And then later in the trailer, we get that kind of, she's gone back to a red hair color, longer hair. Yeah. So I think it... we've got a feeling that there are going to be 
I reckon a couple of years passing in this. Do you know what I mean? Because Cap's got a beard at one stage and then he doesn't. There's a lot of talk at the beginning of this film. I think a lot of what we've seen is probably opening 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, I, 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 don't I assume that everything that takes place with Tony and Nebula in space and then Cap and Natasha at the Avengers facility, I think that's the stuff at the beginning where everyone's kind of trying yeah, to it's it's not clearly going to be to tony and nebula have found a way to get themselves back to yeah we know that to, to work but it's it's funny that they've done that in a lot of ways that they've shown tony in the suit and whatnot because the first trailer was really like him stranded and him you know it was bleak uh, wasn't it they were obviously trying to paint the false picture that but I, I just like would have thought die. they would have painted that all the way up until the film do you know what i mean it seems strange to drop it in one trailer and then reverse it in another trailer somewhat but you know um He's obviously not going to die in space. It's it's pretty obvious that wasn't going to happen. But it does seem a strange kind of um, misdirect. But anyway, so now we've got... We kind of know the way that the band is uh, kind of shaping up. Um, there's a few action sequences. There's another one with Nebula that looks like it's on a planet that isn't Titan. Um, but then there's a sequence with Ant-Man as well, where there's like a, a pencil and a couple of kind of things yeah. you'd associate with, you know, being in... in, in, in in this universe, you know what I mean? Rather than in space or on another planet. Um, there was like an iPhone jack or, do you know, something like that. It was, it was basically that. So there's a couple of hints of the action, but they've not shown any kind of clear direction of the action sequences. Um, I think the coolest shot in this was Rocket and Rhodey in his kind of massive bolt. Oh armor. God. Yeah. The, the new war machine armor, which I'm hoping is to do with Rocket. I said to someone before, you just get the feeling that Rocket's going to have tooled him out so much, and he's got his rocket launchers are going to have rocket launchers on them. Yeah, there's, a, there's a, a wicked scientist. there's a wicked Lego set coming out, which is basically like um, Hulkbuster. I but, saw it, but, yeah, but but War Machine's version of it's like that. the the Roadie um, Buster or something. Yeah, it, I don't know what they're calling it, like, it, but it looks it looks great. His bog um, standard armor looks like he's had mechanical steroids on it. He looks so huge, but it looks yeah. brilliant. And Even it makes his quantum sense. his quantum armor is obviously different to that, or whatever they're calling it, the white suit, and that's cool as well, man. His his looked the best out his, of all of them, yeah. I'd say. Um, Rocket, there's a hint that he's wearing. A kind of old school outfit from some of the comics that I read. It's like this blue. I can't remember which which comic release it was from, but it, it's pretty cool. I think it's, it's, it's from one the of original these kind of classics. Because I've, I've yeah, seen some of the on, pictures. Yeah, it's on. Like, it's It's one of the originals. It's like a reboot of, of when they were all together as a as a group. Um, I can't remember which which planet they're on, but yeah, it looks cool. I think Rocket's going to be a really interesting addition because the rest are all quite original as we know um obviously nebula is a little bit different as well um but for the, i think it, it is going to run for three hours is is assuming and, and i still think the good chunk of this film is going to involve a lot of the characters that we haven't seen yet do you know what i mean a yeah. lot of the ones that aren't on the posters a lot of the ones that have turned to dust will come back at some point i would imagine in this film because there's some key characters in there for me that this film yeah, you know, being three hours long, you've got to think there's got to be an element where they are involved. The, the thing I mean? that's fascinating me at the minute is what's going to happen with Ant-Man. I mean, how does he get out the quantum realm and how is he going to wrap his yeah. head around all of this? Because well, the rest of the Avengers, like... they're all used to it, aren't they? They're, they're used yeah. to dealing with these things because they've, you know, they've been well, traveling somewhat, around the world. But it's still with... a shock. 
it, it's still a shock to them, but they're a bit more used to it. Whereas Scott is still so new to this game, like yeah. Thor and Rocket. You know, well, this is nothing to, disappeared to them. disappeared for him, haven't they? As well. I mean, hopefully yeah. not Luis, but everyone else is is certainly gone because you know that um, in in the the post credit in in Ant Man and the Wasp, those three. Um, disappeared was douglas and uh, the mum i can't remember michelle pfeiffer's character um but they're Janet. all gone and then he'll come out of the quantum realm when he finds his way out presumably after discovering some kind of power in there do you know what i mean in some maybe not time travel but he comes out to what he looks like almost a rick waking it's like up it's in like post-apocalyptic isn't it you see that great it's bit posters where we... of missing people everywhere do you know what yeah. i mean that kind of thing's on lampposts and and the whole world just kind of you know, it's going to be a really interesting proposition how they play that out for the first section of the film because that gave me Steve, like a horror vibe for him. Steve's cause... looking like a like a, a grief counselor, isn't he? In a, in a kind of army style, yeah. You know, uh, dealing with post traumatic stuff. You know, it's going to be a really somber kind of opening, but it and won't. As last. a soldier, he's probably the best place to deal with it. Him and Nat, because yeah. they they've spent their whole lives dealing with loss. Obviously, never on this scale, but. They're used to going out on missions and half their team's not coming back, yeah. whereas the rest of them... It's going to be interesting not. how they play this because Marvel doesn't do somber, let's be honest. Not not for longer periods of time. They they do the odd moment of sadness and, and heartache, but they don't do downbeat, emotional-driven kind of material very often. So I think the first period of this film, I'm not sure for how long, will be quite interesting because yeah. you know, it's going to feel like Iron Man's stuck in space. It's going to feel like there's no hope on Earth. So it's going to be quite interesting how that how that develops but it's going to be awesome. I've never been quite so hyped for a film. I'll be honest. Which is saying something because we've been pretty much in a constant state of hype for about the last 11 years but... <laughs> But for this, man, it, it for feels this. like this is what it's been building up to, even including Infinity War. This is Infinity War was getting us to the top of the roller coaster, wasn't it? This is yeah. going over the edge and yeah, screaming. Yeah, Captain Marvel was just like it was like maybe the seatbelt being taken off on the roller coaster, then you're hanging on for dear life on the edge. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, just it's, teasing you. It's one of those yeah. ones at Alton Towers where we've gone over the edge and Captain Marvel just holds you there for like five seconds just to What's, really shit yeah, you up. Yeah, I was thinking of Alton Towers. What's the one where you're on that kind of drop? It's was not it? Nemesis. It's the other one, isn't it? Oblivion. Yes. Oh, yes. God, the first time I went on that, I'm pretty sure I nearly shit myself. There was, there was barely any cues, so I went on it about four times in a row. <laughs> the first time I went, I loved it. Um, yeah, that's 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 a cool ride. Um, but well, it does as feel you like said that. before, we'll we'll do a proper a, we a proper will, full preview so build to up discuss to it. about it. I mean, it's such a huge film, um, and I'm so glad. I mean, like I said, I'm so glad Captain Marvel is going to perform how we hoped it would do, because I thought, oh god, they've only got four or five weeks, five six weeks, you know. Um, to really leave it in cinemas, let it perform. But actually, it's probably going to hit a billion dollars. It, it was weeks. a global release, you know I mean? as far as I can see. It's already taken yeah. five hundred and fifty million. And that's before this weekend. It's gonna, it's gonna hit six fifty by the end of the weekend that's, at least. That's ridiculous. It's that's just... insane. It's it... insane. But it, it's great because it just shows all those man babies that all their ridiculous efforts have gone to complete waste. Do you know what I mean? And Brie Larson is just phenomenal in that role. And I can't wait to see her in this film as well. I think she's great. That little brief interaction with Thor. Um, 
It's going to be cool, man. It's it, There's a lot of characters to throw in there, but I think they're being quite clever about it. I think you are going to get quite small pockets of teams, probably less characters than there was in Infinity War for a period of time. Do you know what I mean? It's not well, yeah, because be... the, the, the roster's been completely depleted, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, Infinity War, they were in, obviously, split off in groups, but it's going to be a lot more... About the originals, I think that's what the main. It looks is, like people it? are almost being paired off or in little in little threes. Oh yeah, rather I think than... there was an element where Rocket with with Thor in the previous trailer, so we assumed that was that. But then obviously he's now now with Rhodey, so it's going to be interesting how that plays out. And then you've got Natasha kind of going back to Hawkeye, and you've got yeah the other elements in there. It's it's. It's interesting how it's going to play out. Obviously, and Tony and Nebula is the yeah, most unlikely pairing in the world. You'd never yeah. have seen that one coming. No, exactly. Nebula is a really interesting one because obviously with the Gauntlet uh, comics, she's obviously such a pivotal character in all of it. Um, but it's interesting that she's the one that's been kept around from the Guardians and they didn't do something different. You know, I think... You know, I, and I'm really happy for Karen Gillan actually because she's been such a good character. You know, she's no one knows who she is outside of that that makeup and that. You know, I know she's had a few good roles now and she's she's kind of hit the mainstream, but she's a great actress, and I, it'll be good to get her to have some screen time a little bit with you know such a key character in Iron Man. So I think it'll be exciting. Yeah, and the other but, the other big release. That we've had in the last is the biggest what, week TV, or so? the biggest TV event in our generation. I would build this as. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm fairly sure that we we are of course talking about the, the the full season eight trailer for the last season of Game of Thrones. We are set to be one of, if not the biggest television spectacle of all time. You're talking six full feature length episodes. Yeah, I think there's I think there's sixty minutes, sixty minutes, eighty minutes, eighty minutes, seventy five, something like that. The last yeah. two or three are, are are eighty minutes. It starts off normal length for the yeah. first. There's couple, a couple. There's a couple it, of normal sixty minute kind of episodes. It, yeah. it goes like sixty odd, then seventy odd, then the last two are eighty minutes. So they're the ones where it's basically films on TV, and we've got bits of footage from all across the world we've got that the key thing is the bit that everyone needed to know was that Tormund is alive because the last we saw of him he was standing on the wall when the dragon and the night king took it down but we know that he's okay because we've seen him with Barrick Dondarrion which was huge. yeah it, I think that was dropped at some point I mean I think we assumed because he's such a great character and I, I know they like to kill off characters, but we, we assumed that he would be alive because they would given him a proper death. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Rather than just epoxy one, you know? So I think we, we knew that much. Um, but there's some great elements in this, this trailer. We know that I has got a, a dragon glass weapon and she seems to be in the crypts of, of Winterfell, you know, in the tombs. The, At one the point she's running and away, the and then she's, yeah, she's, she's fighting she's with dead. something with what looks like she's got a a spear with with two dragon glass tips on it. So yeah. they're obviously what getting kitted out with all the dragon glass that was being mined from Dragonstone by John and Daenerys, and it looks like they must have brought boatloads of the stuff over. And I'm hoping oh, yeah. that it's Gendry that's working all of this and oh, smithing no, all of this. It seems that Gendry has been yeah. So it seems that Gendry has been working on it. Um, 
And I love that. I can't remember. Is it Joe Dempsey? He's a British actor, and I, I used to love him. He was in Skins all those years ago. Like half the cast, Gilly was in Skins as well, and there was a couple others as well, Orsha and someone else. Um, but he's such a good character, and I know he disappears off for all those Yeah, he, he went for about three years or something, Yeah, wasn't he it? just got really hench when he was rowing his boat for three years. Round, round. Which, in fairness, you can understand when him. you're rowing. Yeah, exactly. And he turned uh, up and he was like 40% shoulders. But we never really got his fighting element, you know, because he's, he's Baratheon's son. He, he's, you know, he's he's so strong with that hammer and he had that great, you know, helmet, wasn't it? The bulls. Yeah, the bull helmet. Horns. Yeah, and I just want to see that. He's just such a good character, but he's such a likable guy. He's a really likable actor. Um but we, yeah, Arya in the crypts. The the big rumor is potentially that you know the Night King raises the dead Starks, and that would be something else. Ooh, dead Ned. Yeah, well, well, no, dead Ned got... wouldn't work because he's had his head cut off. Headless. But if it was, if it was, Lyanna. Right, yeah, it could be someone. There's obviously quite a few kind of key figures in this. So that that might be the thing that would freak Arya out because she's pretty unflappable. Let's be honest. Um, and I'm saying whenever we've been both rewatching it and doing the full rewatch, and and her her arc and her story is still my favourite. I mean, along with Tyrion, um, obviously. And it's it's just she's so good, and her development and that fight she had with Brienne in the last series was just yeah. phenomenal. So I'm really excited. There's a couple of moments obviously where the unsullied are coming into winterfell which and I looks think again, amazing well, you've got the unsullied filing in and you've got the dragons man. flying over oh and they're all gasping at the dragons coming in because i mean imagine that you know because and the, the dragons and the cg we've got that hint that it's going to be john being a dragon rider um, well it, it's it's the prophecy. you think that sansa growing up she was such a little wannabe princess and she believed oh, all the stories that old nan used to tell well this is an old yeah. nan tale come to life yeah exactly next it'll exactly. be like what are they called uh, grumpkins and snarks and things like yeah, that. yeah they're and always banging on about snarks in those first series weren't they yeah all the things from like the summer isles like there's lizards the size of dogs and things like that and you know, I love that scene. That's one of my favourite bits from the whole trailer. Nothing gets said. Sansa just watches. I think it's Drogon fly over and her mouth is hitting the floor and she's like, the fuck? Because nobody ever believes that dragons are real. We've seen it all the way through the show. As yeah. soon as the dragons hatched everywhere they went when she was going around Slave Bay. Everybody's yeah. gobsmacked when they see there's actual dragons because dragons was, have been dead for thousands of years and yeah. all the rest of it. And all those tales, and that's what I love about Game of Thrones because it plays such into that medieval kind of Lord of the Rings-esque. You know, there's a couple of scenes, actually, I must admit, that look like Helm's Deep as well, you know, where the, the family and the, the women and children are off in the crypt. Not all the women, there's some strong fighters, I'm not, you know, but um, the kind of ones with the kids and the, and the older generation and stuff are in the crypts hiding a little bit like in Helm's Deep and you've got them defending at the wall and it's just going to be, yeah, that's going to be phenomenal. I think what we've seen though really is probably just the first couple of episodes, I'd say. Oh yeah, Maybe, it, no, it's no, no, a probably tiny the third, snapshot. First three because um, we've seen a little bit that's going on with the, the Golden Company and um, 
and the ships with I can't remember who the the weird uncle Euron um, Euron who I think might betray everyone because he's obviously wants to sit on the throne. Well, he's the he's the how. ultimate shit house. Yeah, he is proper shit house. Um, I think there'll be a good fight scene between Theon and him and the and the sister because. Theon will have his rescuers kind of moment at one point. You know what I mean? He will yeah, he, he looks like he's being redemption. set up for some kind of a redemption arc. Yeah, I would imagine he'll get that. Um, the ultimate redemption arc that we're all hoping for, of course, is Jamie to be the one that kills Cersei. I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Um, let's let's do a full, again, another full preview. Yeah, we, we, we already said we'll do a preview nearer the time because it's, it's mid-April, so we should have enough time. To, yeah, to we, we've got recap. enough time to talk about Endgame and, and this because they're just such pivotal things in not just this year, but probably in our generation for pop culture terms. Do you know what I mean? These are like the, the pinnacle of, of what we've talked about for all these years. Do you know what I mean? It's it's literally reached that point. And with Marvel as well, I, I, I struggle to see past Endgame. You know, I know we've got Spider-Man coming out and whatnot, but it doesn't feel in the same I don't know, same vein anyway, not because it's not one of those heavy handed films and the same bit with Captain Marvel that there are those build ups to Endgame, but not it's a 90s set film. So I don't know, Endgame feels like the culmination of everything. And the same with Game of Thrones for our TV of watching that all those years. And that's why we say with things like The Walking Dead, it's a shame maybe that didn't end on a high a couple of years ago because it would have built up to such a a level for us, do you know what I mean? Because we watched it for all that time. Yeah. It's still doing okay, don't get me wrong, but I think Game of Thrones is ending on its peak. You know, it couldn't get any better than it has done. So I think they're ending it at the perfect kind of time. And yeah. They can go off and make their spin-offs and I'm sure they'll still be good if they've got the same people involved and stuff. So yeah, pretty exciting. But let's let's move on to our major topic. Um Yes, we do have a major topic to squeeze in um, and Believe talk about not. a show a show that actually really took me by surprise. And all right, Game of Thrones might be my highlight of the year for TV come the end of this year, but this will sit, you know, well in my top five and, I, and probably in my top three because I was absolutely blown away by the Umbrella Academy. I, it shocked me because I didn't expect much from it. Um I hadn't seen a trailer for it. I just went straight into it. And actually, the first couple of episodes, I had some moments going, actually, that looks pretty cool. And then a couple of moments going, yeah, I'm not sure. It feels a little bit like an X-Men ripoff. Do you know what I mean? There's elements of the house. Yeah, and you the get that vibe. And you get those kind of vibes. And you think, okay, so it's Netflix going for something a little bit different. It's maybe kind of doing the post-Marvel you know, situation because it's obviously comic-based. And and, Mar- and Netflix produced some great TV and they produced some kind of mid-level stuff and some pretty shit stuff as well. So I really didn't know where this would sit. But come the end of these episodes, I just want more. I wanted to watch more and just keep watching. So, yeah, it had me absolutely hooked, to be honest. And as soon as you started watching it, I was like, right, you're going to absolutely love this. Yeah, I, I was always planning on watching it a couple of months ago when I first heard that it was it was being made because I'd heard about the the comics and I was always a bit like mm, maybe if I get time or you know maybe if I see them for cheap I might I might check them out because it sounded a bit odd like you I was thinking well it doesn't sound 
massively original. But then I saw a video a couple of weeks back, I think it was on What Culture, and it was like why you need to get into Umbrella Academy or why you need to watch Umbrella Academy. And I watched it, and when they were explaining the characters and the way they're all born and the different powers, and I started thinking, yeah, this does sound like my kind of thing. So it was always on my list to watch. But I wasn't going to watch it until after Game of Thrones. But then everybody started raving about it, and yeah. it's been a bit. It's been one of those crossover shows where people that probably wouldn't sit down and maybe watch Daredevil and Punisher and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist have been raving about it. And, yeah, and and that's it always cross, a big it does indicator. Does cross over for me. to a different audience, I think. It, it because it's I know like people Game of Thrones. Who work. I, I know so many yeah. people that don't like fantasy. I said this to somebody the other day. Oh yeah. So many people that would never say pick up a Terry Pratchett book, but have watched Game of Thrones religiously since the first episode and will rank it as their favorite show of all time. And this has been similar. People that would never have got no interest in reading comics. And avoid a lot of comic stuff other than say you know the mcu films but yeah. flop to this because it does have a lot of really interesting ideas that have got nothing to do with comics yeah and like my favorite character equally... in it is allison yeah I, I i was fascinated by allison the way they've humanized her with the way she used her powers on her daughter and I yeah. thought that was very, very interesting because you, really, you never really see, see anyone else liking her because she fits a little bit in that kind of CW character category, if that makes sense, because she does seem to fit the mold of other characters, maybe in the flash and other things, not, not the same powers or whatnot, but a similar kind of style thought she was really good. Actually. I think she played it really well. Um, but I just thought you'd say, um, Klaus, I would have instantly thought your favourite would have been Klaus. The first couple of episodes, he was funny, but he was actually kind of annoying me. I really started to like him when he sobered up and when you started to see his relationship with Ben really come out. That was fascinating. I really disliked him at the beginning. And I thought, God, they just, this guy's hamming it up and he's really irritating. And then I grew to absolutely adore him towards the end of it because... They they did a really clever thing where each of the characters had quite out, you know, they're all quite extroverted in their ways, except Ellen Page's character. Um, they're all and, sick, really fucked up. Well, and, yeah, and now you've I mean, mentioned that, it, she was actually my least favourite. And I'm surprised by that because I really like Ellen Page. But I, not... I I love Ellen Page, but I, I would say Ellen Page is one of those actresses who I've not seen do anything significant for for a really long time. She 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 was obviously big doing Juno. She was in Inception. And after Inception, I thought, right, that's her career. And mate, do you know what I mean? She's yeah. just going to go on being loads of big stuff. Nolan's cast her. And then she's kind of had a few things with the press and fallen out with a few people and it been quite difficult for her i think in recent years um i think her character was hard to like because she's quite cold and she plays a little bit like any of the characters i've seen in any show where they're basically taking medication that completely strips her emotion away from them do you know what i mean so she plays it quite emotionless yeah um and she's a bit whiny and she's a bit Oh well, they're all famous. It, it was the whiny that got me, and it, I'm not successful. And 
My Daddy Hates Me. It was too many daddy issues in one show at yeah. certain points. Um, but she was interesting because you, you kind of, uh, at the end of it, she, you, you you know saw her kind of power and what she could bring to it. And I think her Unleashed in a, in a second series is going to be quite an interesting prospect. She still had some really nice moments. You can still see what a great actor she is. Yeah. Um, one it, of my favourite scenes she developed. is when... Did she put the music on in the house? Uh, no, uh, it was Luther. Oh, was it? It was Luther okay. that went and put um, Tiffany on, didn't he? Yeah, and when they now. were all dancing all in their different rooms, I I love that sequence because they just it was the way it was shot as much as anything because it panned out of the house. Oh, that was brilliant, and, and it looked like them. a doll's house. Yeah, it was really cleverly done, man. I thought it was really really cool. Um, the interesting the, thing about her was the way she developed because yeah. you, you did really start to empathise with her when, like you say, it started off as when where daddy issues but then you started to see the real psychological damage of oh god imagine growing up yeah. being told by your father every day you are so ordinary why can't i play with them because you're not special enough you know you, that would do so much damage to i know you. i mean he would he did so much damage to all of them he was a honest. horrible piece of work yeah. but in i mean really the way, the way, way. he was shot in that first episode you know was the kind of bank sequence um and then you had them arriving at their house and all the umbrellas the best bit about that I... was ben when yeah. you just see him go into the room and then the tentacles come out and he comes out covered in blood and he's like can we go home now i know i know it's for those sequences and they're all in their outfits and it's all this kind of um i don't know this mad billionaire guy who's adopted all these children and paid off all these mothers um the interesting thing and the, and the really interesting thing to see going forward is that obviously he adopted how many of how many were born? I he he adopted, I think it was seven out of 49. But you've got another then 42 potential specials. Do you know what I mean? You've got another people with potential powers uh, and, and that second series might lead into those a little bit. You, do, you, you don't know for sure. I kind of got a bit of a Stranger Things kind of vibe with 11 and the other kind of, you know, people that were experimented on. Um, and it does take a lot from other things, this, because there are X-Men hints and there are maybe a bit of strange things. And there's other things that have been quite successful in recent years, but it goes a lot weirder than I expected. I mean, like you said, the characters are batshit crazy. And then it throws a talking monkey into the mix. Oh, uh, well, which... it... He was obviously my favourite in the whole series was Mickey Pogo, but <laughs> that was never in doubt. Yeah, and then the mum, who was a robot, who I thought was acting really well, actually, because she was kind of freaky in a kind of, I don't know, you, you thought she was guilty at one stage. You know, you think it's about the dad being killed, but actually the bigger story at play is, is much more to do with when the guy comes back from the future. Um what's his name number five number we never five. get his actual name and and then it's about the apocalypse and it i thought it was just it got weirder and weirder and weirder especially the things around number five and the time travel and when he went back to like, the headquarters you know it was this kind of like 1940s army base kind of feeling about it kind of soviet war kind of vibe to it um and that lady who's in charge is all kinds of weird as well and and he's basically hired as a hitman to go across different 
time spaces and take people out and change events of history and I thought it was really cool at that point I thought it really lent into the batshit craziness of it all and it made him a particularly likable character because everyone else had grown up and he's just come back in his 13 year old's body drinking coffee smoking doing what he wants to do and it just made it a really interesting kind of plot point to be honest yeah, that, that stuff was interesting. Like he, you know, when they went back to, to Dallas and the grassy knoll and I like that idea because that, that's been used in other sci-fi things before about, you know, it's, it's a bit of like an Illuminati thing, isn't it? But obviously yeah. taken to the sci-fi extremes of traveling through history and controlling certain moments in time to get certain outcomes. He he grew on me because he was a bit of a prick at first, but he was obviously oh, yeah. meant to be because by this point, he's an old man trapped in a kid's body and he's lived what was it 35 45 oh, years at or least something. he was he was an old man wasn't on, he? on yeah. his own and, and 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 he's gone so lonely and senile to the point that his his long lost love is a bloody half a mannequin from an old department store yeah and the the, the luther stuff was weird because I read up on that and they changed what happened in the comics. He actually yeah. had his head removed and grafted onto the body of a space gorilla. Wow. So you can see why they toned it down, but it's still pretty weird. It's still pretty weird, the first reveal of that. Do you know what I mean? And you're thinking, Who's was, this, why has this guy got such a massive before. body and a small head? Do you know what I mean? Like he's got a normal size head and this giant frame. Um it was quite intriguing. Um, but there was one thing why. before that, before the, the reveal, something happened and you saw his coat got ripped and you saw yeah. that his arm was really, really hairy. And I did sort of think, Jesus Christ, is that why he's so, is that why his coat's so big? Is he covered in hair? And I was thinking, is he covered in hair like a gorilla? But I didn't think he, he's got a gorilla yeah, body. I don't know if that was the point where they had a fight, him and Diego, and they smashed Ben's statue it was, outside. It was yeah. when they'd been fighting outside. Diego slash, um, slashed him on the arm with his, his knife. Yeah, I think yeah. that was it. And he just had See, like Diego's a puff of hair. Diego's a kind of classic, not daredevil, but that kind of guise of character, isn't he? You know, who, who kind of wants to be righteous, pretty skilled martial artist, all that kind of stuff. But a total um, sociopath. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's the thing. He he kind of was a little bit more your traditional kind of superhero tropes, but I think you know when you're talking about that films before that it leans into. I think the film I remember most is the Adjustment Bureau, which was a Matt Damon film, and that was a a Philip K. Dick novel who wrote all those kind of sci-fi things, and it was set in a similar kind of vein of that Soviet war and about time and events and stuff and. It is interesting, this, because I think, like you said, the guy who wrote it is probably just influenced on a lot of the pop culture stuff that we enjoy because it's more recent. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's it leans into a lot of the things that we like, but it would do because he's clearly just paying homage to a lot of the stuff, you know, so it, it yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, the characters, which, I mean, there's a lot, lot to talk about in terms of, of the development of characters. I, I just think Luther was a good character. Um, he was in Game of Thrones, only Tom Hooper briefly. I can't remember what his character was, but they took the piss out of him. Um, oh, he's Dickon. He's Dickon Tarly. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and it was Bron that completely rips the shit out of him for being called Dickon, I, I think. It was he so one he of the was ones in season got, seven. He was one yeah. of the ones that got um, killed by Daenerys, wasn't he? Yeah, in season seven. Yeah, right. In that battle, you know that quite famous battle sequence with the uh, when Drogon, she comes and destroys yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. So I did recognise him, and I think he's probably along with Ellen Page, one of the kind of more known um, characters. I would say, say for me, the two that stood out, and I think you weren't a massive fan of Char Char's character or Mary J. Blythe's performance. No, I, I think we discussed. She I, didn't, I didn't fit like quite her. right, but you loved Hazel. I loved Hazel because it was Ed Kemper from Mindhunter. Yeah, and, and straight I mean, away I couldn't place him, but I knew I recognised the voice, and he yeah. said something to to Char Char really slow and really considered, and straight away went, "Oh my." God. God, it's Kemper. Yeah, and, and I, I, I thought him. that too. I thought he was brilliant, to be honest. I mean, I thought they worked together quite well at times. She was quite grating, but I think their relationship was. I suppose she was supposed to be because she's like he's the one that's got an, an element of free will, whereas she's just totally drank the Kool Aid, hasn't she? She's oh, she's yeah. a company company person through and through. I like when they kept getting messages, you know, in the. Um, the kind of that they came yeah, the in little those little vacuum tubes, vacuum kind of tubes. Um, I thought they were really cool, and the fact that they kept getting told to kill each other at one point or another, um, and those sequences kind of played out where you thought it was her that was going to kill him, and then you thought it was him that was going to kill her. Um, but, obviously, they kidnap Klaus for a long period of time, and it was good the way they shot that where they were trying to kill each other. I did actually spot when you saw it from Char Char first of all when she walked him into the into the woods and he tied he was claiming he was tying his shoe you could tell he just cocked a gun or something because you heard yeah. something loudly click but i yeah. really liked the way they showed that from like two different angles and there was a lot of of timeline play wasn't there, where things were going on at the same time from different perspectives i it, thought it was cleverly shot in that way it actually, was. because it takes it takes a lot to do that well without it being confusing um yeah. i think too many shows or too many films get caught up in in that kind of timeline play. And I mean, Endgame is going to be the one that's going to have to really nail it. I'm sure it will. But it's it's so difficult because if you start messing with old things you know or, you know, just readjusting things, um, obviously, you know, number five kept coming back when they, they had that sequence where they'd all kind of felt like hope was lost or they discovered something or they've opened up about something. Um, Alison and Luther being the particular two, you know, where their relationship is starting to come to the fore and they have that random dance sequence. Yeah. <laughs> Dancing in the moonlight by Top Loader. I was like, what the hell is this doing here? But it again, it kind of worked in the weirdness of it all. Um, and that sequence kind of worked. And then five kind of comes back and resets the timeline as such. Do you know what I mean? He comes back. That was so heartbreaking though, because everything looked like it had worked out. Everyone was getting the happy ending and then he just undoes everything. And then of course it goes darkest timeline. Luther ends up going completely off the rails. He sleeps with some random club skank. I love it when he he gets really drunk though. I really enjoyed that element of it. And then is it when they, Klaus then ends up going, back to being a soldier at that point yeah that was when um the briefcase klaus yeah. got the briefcase and ends up going back and serving in vietnam for a year and 
and falls in love with what was it Dave or something yeah something like that but I mean that whole that whole sequence again just changed Klaus as a character completely that I mean, was they... when he really came to the forefront because that was when he really they, they really humanised him didn't he because for the yeah. first time he actually felt like he wasn't just I think there's a couple of elements wankered. where because he's getting clean because and we realise why he doesn't want to be clean because it blocks out the demons, you know what I mean? It blocks out everyone, um, all the all the the dead people he can see. Yeah. You know, so that's why he's always loaded. But the sequence when he's they they tied him up for a long period of time in that motel, and he starts to say, you know, to get himself free, he gets into the heads, doesn't he? Because he keeps saying, "Well, you you assassinated this person." He's spitting out a couple of names, and and it was good at that point because you start to see, all right, you, you can see dead people that can communicate with them but you don't know the full extent of what he can do. And I, th- I think the big thing to say with this, and we'll, we'll come towards all the kind of conclusions and stuff, but there's so much potential for what he can do going forward. I know he can channel Ben and, and use Ben's powers, but there might be other people he can channel. Do you know what I mean? It's it's an interesting interesting character development. Um, my my cool. favourite again was just I loved yeah. the way they fleshed out Alison. It was so interesting because it, it actually got me thinking like what was it she could do? She could spread a rumour and it basically made people any, anything she yeah. says, starting with the phrase "I heard a rumour" becomes yes. true, and then you realise that she's become a celebrity, a famous film star yeah. using that, and then you started oh, to the think stuff well, it was about his daughter. The, the stuff it says about a daughter. Yeah. Just. Oh, that, when you have that reveal, it was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty heart wrenching stuff. Because it, it that that only came in about halfway through the series, didn't it? She'd never really spoken about why they'd split up and why she didn't have no. the, the visitation. But then when they did it, and it really starts going down the path of, she's basically not accomplished anything in her life. She's cheated and she's used the powers all for selfish gain. And it's something that's interesting because you never really see that covered with like X Men or other superheroes. No. You never really see, you know, I don't know, the Flash using his super speed for something solely to benefit him, other than like going to pick up a pizza or something like that. It's never something completely selfish. Whereas no. she's become a global celebrity, presumably quite well off. Oh just yeah, by... they showed they showed in the first sequence when they said her dad died and she was all glammed up on the red carpet and that kind of thing. It's, yeah. You assume I, she's rich. She she was fascinating from from a character. She was the one that instantly gravitated towards. Yeah, I was very yeah. Very I, th- I think I think she was probably the one. Um, I found Luther quite interesting. I think when he broke free of the loving his dad element, when he found out his dad, all that research he'd done on the moon had just been. Not open. Oh, not that was horrible at. though. When he found it all buried under the floor, you could see just. Because he's basically, he's like a soldier, isn't he? He's a good little soldier sending all his mission reports. And when he finds out that it was for absolutely nothing and you could see the moment where his heart broke and that's when he realised that Klaus was right when he'd been saying what an absolute shit their dad was. Oh, yeah. And he left him on the moon for four years. And then he goes into that horrible shame spiral about, oh, well, he only did it because he couldn't stand to look at me because I was a reminder of his biggest failure and all of that. And it was, they all had moments where you really sort of went, oh my God, your dad really, really fucked you up, didn't he? Oh yeah, completely. What did you make of um, the kind of antagonist then? So John Magaro playing Leonard Peabody. 
Um, he had two names, didn't he? Yeah, he, he was, was Leonard, but he was also did Harold Jenkins. he give Jenkins. you kind of... What's the guy called from Civil War? Yes, he did have um, Zemo sort of vibes. Zemo vibes, yeah. So he, he had that kind of just whispering in their ear and kind of causing trouble to make rifts among the family. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, in his case, he latched onto who he thought was the weakest link. Do you know what I mean? At one stage and turns out to be completely reverse of yeah. that. Because I don't think he knew about Fanya's powers until he just he went to the house and maybe found some of the... Oh no, he walked by... Did he walk by the dumpster and pick out all the stuff? Yeah, the he, 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 found, he found the book that that it that, um, Klaus had thrown away. But then a, he, he... So we knew about Vanya's powers, but he can't have known that they were no. as destructive as they were until he actually saw like the lamppost bending in just because she was upset. Yeah. And then I've realized where must I recognize like... him from. He's, he's in Orange is the New Black. He gets married to that. Yeah, he, he was yeah. He was married to um the psychotic one. <laughs> the one who's pregnant at the minute, uh, Morello. Yeah. Um but I thought oh, he's a bit creepy, but I didn't think he was going to be the one at the beginning of the show, do you know what I mean? But then when you see, I thought he was just going to be like a stalker or a super fan yeah, or something. Yeah, I thought he was one of those. But I, you know, obviously he took a tablet and he wanted to kind of release what he thought might happen. Um, and he kept pushing her and pushing her. But his backstory was again pretty brutal. Classic kind of motivation for a villain. You yeah. know, where his parents, you know, I think did his mum die in childbirth and his dad just abused him. Yeah, constantly. it lo- it looks like his dad vil- um, vilified him and then yeah. he felt like he had this connection with the Umbrella Academy because he was born on the same day as the rest of them. Oh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? But then he gets um, him, he got embarrassed when he, he, he tried to sort of be made like an honorary member by Reginald and he just absolutely destroyed him in front of all those people oh, outside man. the academy. Yeah. And then he's harboured all that resentment, and he he spent like Obviously a lifetime. Yeah, killed his father with a hammer pretty easily. Yeah. Um, his death sequence when we're skipping ahead, that was pretty intense. Um, yeah, it was very graphic. And I I kind of thought, wow, that's a bit of a shock because for a series that had shown a bit of a, an edge to it. Obviously, we've had the death of Diego's kind of police detective partner and it wasn't it wasn't afraid of killing people or anything do you know what i mean but it but to do it so violently was quite a shock but i think that's what this kind of show had in it it had that kind of risk element where it was one minute quite light-hearted and the next minute it was full-on dark you know so it was quite interesting and when you had that sequence moving on to when vanya um almost killed um, her sister almost killed Alison. I mean, Jesus. I thought this is going in a really dark direction, you know, and, and ultimately it was going in, in that way towards the end of the series. It, it certainly changed pretty rapidly the pace last, last couple of episodes of the series. And, and then you're kind of wondering what the hell happens next. Yeah, because they've, they've pretty much left themselves with a with a blank slate now. In yeah. terms of what did he do? The, the big question I was thinking of is what's the knock-on effect for Alison? Because the last we've seen of her, her powers are all based around speech, but she doesn't seem to be able to talk. So yeah. if that doesn't come back, 
I mean, that could be a blessing in disguise because then she might be able to heal the rift with her family because the, there's never any risk of her doing it again. No. But then she loses out with her other family because she's then not going to be able to do anything superhero-y because she's, I mean, she's still a skilled fighter, but is that going to be enough around a bunch of actual superheroes? Yeah, and it does intrigue me if they're going to become actual like a band of superheroes they're going to join together, obviously, as, as he wanted them to be, or whether they're just going to be so disbanded that it becomes another, when they do make the second series, whether it's a similar kind of arc as this, where they're all kind of separate and not a team, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know I mean, I know they come together, but they don't they don't ever fully form a team. There's a couple of times where Klaus is helping Diego and whatnot, and number five, but there's never an element where they're going to be like, the X-Men, do you know what I mean? Or the Avengers or anything like that. And I guess it's because they are a bunch of misfits, really. It's not quite the same. Um, but it's got a load of scope, and I think that's what's so exciting about it, because each of those characters is quite unique in what they can do, but maybe they can do more than we've seen so far, do you know what I mean? We only get to scratch the surface, surface with what um, you know, Vanya can obviously do, like her extreme powers are going to be it did get vibes um, from oh, who's the person, Jean Grey, kind of Dark Phoenix kind of vibes yeah. going on. Um, so that felt quite X-Men-like. But, you know, you don't know with Klaus what his powers are going to ultimately unleash, whether it's just Ben, but I thought that sequence was just wicked. I think that's you, what's happening at that point when they're in the um, the concert and he can suddenly channel his powers. Yeah. It, it... It's it's going to be very interesting to see which direction season two goes. I mean, I don't even know if it's been renewed. It has. It's oh, has greenlit. it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's been greenlit. Like, I mean, it's it's scoring well. People got a load of hype. Like you said, I think what it did is maybe cross boundaries that surprised me a little bit. That a lot of people watch this. That wouldn't normally watch stuff a little bit like you mentioned with game of thrones where a lot of people watch it but don't like fantasy elements of stuff or whatever you know you'd even define game of thrones as because it's not exactly that clear cut um second season they've not announced when it's going to be out but yeah they are they are working on it so um and i don't know the source from serial how much of the comics there are do you know what i mean if there's a lot to work within or whether there's three volumes, but I don't know how much of how this much season. Covers. I mean, for all yeah. I know, that the the first season is two volumes, so they might not have have that much. Or it could be like Game of Thrones, where it starts off as one book per series, so they might have enough for like two or three seasons. And I think yeah. it's something that Gerard Way and the other fella that he writes with is is constantly working on. I don't think it's like a project that he's given up on. As far as I know, it's something that he's, he's working on now. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it might be that it, it, it has a couple of seasons, then it goes away for a little bit to let the material catch up. And Oh, Ellen Page was in X-Men, wasn't she? Yeah. She played Kitty pride. Okay. But she, yeah, I forgot she was in that as well. Yeah. For, um, for obvious reasons. Cause it was completely forgettable. Yeah. And I think that, like we said, she she wasn't always given a whole lot to do. I mean, she was almost a key character, but um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting if they can give her more to do. I, I must admit, Ben's the one we didn't really talk about. I loved 
Ben in this. Ben Ben's powers seem seem so fascinating, and it's cool the way that Klaus is able to to still yeah. use his powers. So even though he's dead, he's still an active member of the team. Yeah. I, I do wonder. I hope at some point we find out what actually happened, because all we know is he yeah, was on that bank know. mission and he died when he was a kid because the statue of him he was still quite young, wasn't he? He was probably around 12, 13, that kind of age. And and that's the only question we got about this, but I did only throw out just before we recorded was, did we actually find out what happened? We didn't. Um, and and yeah, it, it was interesting. His statue got destroyed and there was obviously a lot of people, there was a couple that seemed sad about it, but it wasn't the whole outpouring of emotion. But I guess they're all a bit effed up, aren't they? Let's be yeah. honest, as characters, they're not all, you know, that fight between Luther and Diego was was pretty pretty good actually, um, pretty good sequence. And there wasn't it wasn't a heavy action based kind of show. Um, it was more dialogue. I mean, it was a really heavy dialogue. And so the comics do intrigue me because I think the way the characters look and the way the characters talk. Um, the art style's they, very interesting. I am going to try and pick up some of the books. Yeah, because the the way they're drawn, it it doesn't look like a a DC book or a Marvel book. It it's got its own little art style, which I'm I'm very interested by. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's like it's, the sort of Walking Dead. You know, it, it it's it's really non non conventional. It's not like anything else that I've ever read. No, I I don't, and that's the thing with it. I don't think I don't know. It didn't feel conventional. You know, when I was watching it, I thought it was going to be conventional. I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, but then it just felt completely in reverse of that. It felt like every kind of rule it set up to be conventional, it just, it just pulled the rug on you. Do you know what I mean? At every yeah. turn. So, yeah, that's what I liked about it. Um, oh, there's a couple of lines um, from class that I wanted to find. I should have been more prepared. Um, but the scene, you know, when they come to the the party, they call it, you know, the bowling alley. And he says, oh yeah, oh, he says something like, "Are they here for this person's party?" And he's just got some absolute yeah. When the, yeah, when they're shooting up the place, he was like, "Are they? Are we sure they're not here for little Stevie's party or something <laughs> yeah, like that?" Something like that. And then there's a sequence, obviously, when they're in the um, ice cream truck, which I just thought was genius. Oh, with the wave. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a few elements of it where they just just about got that. Kind he, of he had the best balance. one-liners. Yeah, he did have the best one-liners. Um, and I think without him at times, there wasn't always that element of comic relief. Um, but there's some really kind of key relationships in there that they developed. And I think they did a lot in eight episodes, to be honest. I think they, they achieved quite a lot in terms of character development, in terms of character growth, because you really get a sense of where they've come from and what they are now. Um but it did get a little bit bogged down in Vanya's story at times. And I think moving forward, I'm hoping that's not maybe the case. Because although she's super powerful, she's probably the least interesting of the people there. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah. Um, and I, I, I hope they don't drag it out where it's going to be the same sort of thing next season of, yes. oh, Va- you know, Vanya's coming to terms with her powers and she's kind of... She's doing villainy things, but she's not outright trying to be a villain. It's it needs to be a little bit different. It and does. I, I'm I'm sure it will because it, I don't get the feeling that it's just going to go for those 
those standardised tropes because it does seem to be priding itself on being a very different kind of show. Oh, yeah, and, and extremely weird, um, which, which is what I really liked about it. Um, and that's why it's on Netflix, because Netflix does weird really well. And it's they a really good really, platform yeah. for the weird ones because it doesn't have to conform to the censors. You know, there was loads of really shitty language in it and the fight yeah. scenes can be, like, really gruesome and stuff. And Yeah, that's what we love about the Netflix stuff where, you know, obviously we, we, we talk a lot about Daredevil and, and whatnot on, on this show. Um, but we we do love that because it, it's, it's, it's allowed to be, you know, the creators allow free license to do what they want. And you could tell there was a decent budget behind this. The set design, you know, the way it looked, it was really slick. Um, and that's, that impressed me as well. I like the opening of each episode, you know, where the Umbrella Academy logo drops and there's an umbrella randomly and one, one episode class reacts to it. Like it's there and the next they don't. And it's just, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, and it was really well shot and really well kind of put together because I think that's what Netflix do now. You used to watch shows and, you know, maybe that's before, you know, maybe comic book shows got popular um, and they were shot quite well, but sometimes they were, you know, a bit basic and they didn't really care. They were all about action and not about any of the other elements of it. And I think what we get now is a good mixture um, of design and substance in there as well. It's not just all about style and action it's it's a lot more to it so i thought this show kind of just combined a lot of those good elements and it'll be interesting if they can maybe up the action a little bit in the second series but equally keep that kind of character arcs kind of developing as they have been so yeah i thought it was great i really enjoyed every episode to be honest once i got into it yeah and, and we're you know, we're in that weird position for us where because we've never seen the source material, we have got absolutely no clue what's oh, no. coming next. I'm literally blank slate. Yeah, and that that that's quite good. It is but... exciting because it is exciting because it it sometimes it's good to know certain elements. Sometimes it's not. You know, it, it's nice to be surprised by things because you know, same with Game of Thrones, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen because it's not been written. It's, yeah. it's, it's far too, I don't know, if he'll ever release another book at this stage, you know what I mean? I don't know how old George R. 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 Martin is these days. I don't know if I shoved in an extra R there, but... It, it's um, not his age that everyone's concerned about. It's the fact that he's incredibly o- overweight and very unhealthy. Yeah, and he does focus on other things. I mean... Didn't he write a script for something that came on Netflix that's already been canned, actually? Some Night Flyers or something that came on. Um, it was a bit like a space sci-fi adventure, but nowhere near as good as some of the other stuff that's been released in recent times. So that kind of stuff bombs quite quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, I thought it was it was a really... It felt quite original um, story, and it felt... After after getting over the initial oh god it looks like X Men and it's going to be X Men it's not um, it felt really cool and and I just want more of this weird stuff to come yeah, snap. Netflix because those kind of series are just fun fun to binge fun to watch um, you've not watched Russian Doll yet I think you will like that at some point because again it's more weird it's not superhero based but I think you'll like it because you and if you like the lady from yeah i do i do like i do like natasha lyon but i've got so much that i'm 
I mean, not I'm not I'm not going to be watching anything else no until I'm completely up to date on Game of Thrones. I know, me too. Which is probably going to take me until the middle of April. I've been rewatching rate. a bit of Brooklyn Nine Nine because that series five is on Netflix in the UK now. Um, but I need to. I've not even watched series six yet. Is it is it fully finished series six? No. No. No, not yet. Still going. Okay. Because obviously it's a lot of show, a lot of episodes. So yeah, so I need to catch up on that. Um, but otherwise, mate, yeah, I'm just on the Game of Thrones rewatch marathon, which is is a bloody is it's a trek. How many hours? Um, season is it? six, seventy hours. Season six of Brooklyn Nine Nine is supposed is going to be eighteen episodes. Okay. And the last one that was shown was nine. There's one actually oh, on right. tonight, which is episode 10, so it's just halfway through. it's been through. renewed. It's been renewed. It's been for renewed for season. season seven, yeah. And that's just great. It's been really good re-watching season five again, because it's such a great show, man. I, I And it's 20 minutes an episode, and, and sometimes it's nice. When you're watching something that's heavy, Game of Thrones, it's nice to break it up with something that's just obviously so light. But then, like you always say with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, just hits those really harder notes that surprise you do you know what i mean it, it's it's yeah it's great I it makes it. you laugh it makes you think it makes you cry in 20 yeah. minutes repeatedly. it's amazing it's amazing it's one of the best written performed shows out there comfortably and, and as um, it gets older as the seasons go on they tackle more and more serious issues yeah which is what because like that some that. of the stuff they've done in in season five and six has been incredible stuff really has, has been incredible yeah it really has and it's it's brave you know to, to go from being a straight comedy show to start tackling those kind of issues which they've always kind of done a little bit um but it, it's it's been interesting how they've done that uh with diaz you know coming out as bisexual and there's elements around you know the the kind of racial prejudice episode you know when um terry gets targeted by a white policeman and you know when he's just and then he realizes he's a cop, and it changes everything. Do you know what I mean? It, it's yeah. just some really bold episodes in there. Well, he did, that, the, he did the active shooter one as well. Then one in the last couple of weeks on air was to do with um, sexual harassment and sexual assault in the workplace. Yeah. And and they again, it's been the same sort of really caring and considerate approach, but funny when it's appropriate to be funny. So it's. I mean, we, we, maybe we should do a bloody an episode well, one time about Brooklyn Nine-Nine because it's definitely yeah. one of my favourite shows. Yeah, I could easily do it and we could just quote some amazing lines. Um, I think the one I just watched in season five is when they go to the, you know, when Boyle's got a kind of doppelganger and he's a guy that does the pyramid scam. Yeah. And it's that, that, that episode. Ne- Nutra, Nutra Blast. Yeah, and they, they keep saying boom, boom to each yeah, other. Yeah, boom, boom. Randomly. And he has to give that guy a massage, but face to face, and he wants to stare him in the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> he comes out, comes out boiling and says, um, what's happened to you, man? What's happened? He's like, there was a queue. They formed a queue. So he's just given about 10 people these face to face massages, neck massages. Um, just genius, man. It's genius, genius television. Um. I think that's it from us, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's still been a chunky podcast to get your, your ears around, but um, it's nice to talk all things pop culture whenever we can. 
do keep listening to us, recommending us. Uh, we do still get some really good interaction, um, as I said, but we've not obviously produced as many episodes as we, we were doing due to work, children, life reasons. Um, Mainly but we babies. will be back. Yeah, we will be out there. We're going to have a Captain Marvel spoiler kind of episode, full breakdown, full. Of so that being that that should be next excited week. About it. Yeah, then, that should be next week. Then week after, we'll probably try and do. Well, we'll squeeze in Game of Thrones of and Endgame previews, but it would be nice to break it with something else. Yeah. Um, we do a lot of obviously. It always kind of stems back into the main popular culture stuff. Um, Umbrella Academy is, is slightly different to that because it's, it's not that mainstream um, but if there are things you want us to talk about do get in touch if there are people that want to come on as guests and speak about stuff we, we haven't done that so far on this show in this format but um, we almost did and then baby came along um, but it's it's just a case of do get in touch because it's there's some good stuff out there right now I mean there's a, a really scary horror film coming out that I want to watch which you won't want to watch that probably, was. which yeah, which is by Jordan Peele, who did get out, which I don't think you've seen yet. No. Um it's on Netflix now actually, so anyone who's not seen Get Out, just go and watch it. It's like a ninety five minute really, really cool film with Daniel Kalua and who's just just a boss as everyone knows these days. Um but Oz yeah, Oz looks pretty scary. I'm not sure I'd go see it at the cinema because I might cack my pants. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's one of those. There's been some really good films, good TV, good music out lately. So anything you want us to talk about, just get in touch. You know where we are. And that's it from me. Anything from you, Stu? No, no. Like All you said, good. we'll 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 be doing Captain Marvel review next week, and then we'll we'll try and jimmy some stuff in in the next coming weeks, and try and get back to being a little bit more regular. Now I'm a bit more on top of things. Yeah, we say that now. Yeah. We say that now. I'm sure but I'll yeah. say something different next week. <laughs> many baby sleepless nights coming up, I'm sure. But yeah, it's it's all good. It's nice to be chatting again. All right. Thanks for tuning in as always. And we will be back with you shortly.